I can use Airbnb as my vessel to generational wealth. Airbnb is my marketing company. Airbnb is my sales company. It's my merchant collecting. It's all inclusive. This is the maximizing of technology. Now I need to build systems and procedures around that to go from five to 50. And at the time I thought 50 was like not even attainable. You know, when they tell you like write down a dream and just think about the craziest number you can think about. I put 50, you know, I believe in affirmations. I believe in writing down your goals. So I put 50. I was like, you know, that's high enough where I'll never achieve it, but it's a good point. And now we're at 55. It's for me, it even feels crazy now, but now I know it's achievable. Welcome to episode number two of School Didn't Teach You This. Um, in this episode, I'm very excited. Um, I'm speaking to Gerardo Lamone. Um, Gerardo, over the last five years, has amassed, right? Amassed is a big word. I'm going to use it. Amassed 55 Airbnb units, right? And these units all in Los Angeles. He has really done this, right? Which is awesome. So I can't wait to pick his brains about Airbnb, what the best tactics are, and uh, all the best tips and tricks if you're looking to get into the Airbnb business. So, so it's a pleasure to have you on, Gerardo. Awesome, brother. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. So I guess first things first, you've had such a crazy kind of five years. I'm assuming going from zero to 55 units is Correct, yeah. it's quite, a, quite a lot of work, man. Tell me how it all started. Well, it takes a lot of hard work. Um, before my, my Airbnb experience, I actually had a multi-million dollar landscape and construction company. Cool. So I did that for about 10 years. And that's where my love of real estate really and design, real estate and design for me are like cohesive. They, they, they live together. They, they are not w without one another. So I did that for 10 years and I understood that at the end of the day, I needed to own things for myself. Right. And I wasn't going to get that. Even though the money was really good in construction, there was a check every single week. I saw myself in that grind, that, that monthly grind of just collecting income, paying, collecting income. And I didn't see myself really building generational wealth mm -hmm. through construction. So I decided um, to just stop and just go full force into real estate investing. So what's your background before kind of getting into Airbnb and being a developer, or I guess being a contractor? What, what, kind of, what kind of made you get into the business in general, into real estate? It's a family business. So my dad came here as an illegal immigrant. Mm -hmm. um, he started doing landscape jobs. So just basic concrete jobs and, uh, and um, just handing out business cards. Um, the funny thing is, is that when my daughter was born in 2012, I was on unemployment because my, my father's company had just went bankrupt. Wow. So I started collecting unemployment checks. I was collecting $200 unemployment checks every single week. After a few months of depression, I had just had a daughter. Um, I was supposed to be building up this, this crazy company with the family. We're doing really well. And now I'm collecting unemployment checks, right? And I just knew like this wasn't it. I only had like a few months of really hard depression where I was like just reading books and just home. I didn't leave my house. And then I understood I got to do something. So I made business cards and started knocking on doors in Diamond Bar right here in Southern California. I did that for six months and then the job started coming in, little concrete jobs. And after a few years of, of doing construction, um, I understood that the clients want me to be designer because now they're asking me for design things. They love my ideas. So what I opted to do was become a designer. So I, I did some design classes. I internship with some designers and I started offering construction, landscaping and interior design. It got to the point where we had three architects in my office, two landscape designers, and we're doing everything in-house. So I would design people's inside, outside, and just kind of harmonize the whole experience. I was building, you know, 
uh, $2 million projects for people like basically their dream homes. And with that trust that they gave into me, I made sure that I did the best job and I best put my best foot forward with the design. And the ultimate product was, was amazing. Um, but again, at the end of the day, I was still not owning anything. So you were designing, you were helping to build these homes essentially. And from that point moving forward, what was it that made you feel like, okay, this route isn't really the, the direction that's gonna help me long-term. Let me move towards something that's more management you know, type route, more type owning, generational wealth. What made you take that, take that turn? So I had a client, um, he took me under his wing. He's an 80 year old man. He had built, you know, a half a billion dollar company. And he told me one day, you're just a fucking hustler. You are not going to get generational wealth that you keep talking about. Cause I was already talking about these things. Mm -hmm. I had read the books. I knew the concept of generational wealth. And he said, you're just a hustler. You're not a businessman. You don't treat your business like a business. You're not using technology. You're not using uh, systems and procedures. Mm -hmm. And he started using all these terms that I was like, okay, here's what I need to do. I need to stop what I'm doing and take this to a different route. So I had new information. And that for me, that's key in business. You get new information and then you pivot. Right. Right. So, and most entrepreneurs know that successful entrepreneurs, they know that because New information comes in, the goal is the same, but it pivot. Right. The, the shortening that you shortening the learning curve, right? Yeah. So I at the time I already had a few Airbnbs and I understood I don't I just I can use Airbnb as my vessel to generational wealth. Airbnb is my marketing company, Airbnb is my sales company, it's my merchant collecting, it's all inclusive. This is a maximizing of technology. Now I need to build systems and procedures around that to go from five to fifty. Mm -hmm. And at the time I thought 50 was like not even attainable. You yeah. know, when they tell you like write down a dream and just think about the craziest number you could think about. Right. I put 50, you know, I believe in affirmations. I believe in writing down your goals. So I put 50. I was like, you yeah, know, that's high enough where I'll never achieve it, but it's a good point. Yeah. And now we're at 55. Now Heck I'm yeah. like a hundred, you know, a hundred. It's for me, it even feels crazy now, but now I know it's achievable. Were you working more when you had five Airbnbs versus now when you had when you have 55? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's always this pitch, right? Have five Airbnbs, have 10 Airbnbs and you can set my ties into Loom. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about your business. And I always cringe when I hear that because I'm like, that's not true. Because mm -hmm. I had 10 Airbnbs. I was doing all the messaging. I was calling all the housekeepers. I was doing everything. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I wasn't able to go set my ties into Loom. So the big the next after 10 the next biggest leap for me was systems and procedures that allow for me to be able to have that time to go to tulum and sit my mai tais nice so it's like when you hear people enjoying a business and having time off yeah. it's more about the systems and procedures behind that that allow you to do that and they forget to tell people that yeah that, you know that part so the average person starting on airbnb the systems that airbnb give you are they enough for you to kind of build off or do you need to get additional systems from elsewhere and kind of plug in th certain things? What systems did you add in to make things easy for you as you as you kind of developed? Yeah, that's a great question. So Airbnb itself is, is a platform that allows for you to do everything on your own mm -hmm. um, up to about 10 units. Okay. And you'll be full time just answering messaging, um, calling guests. You won't be have enough time to do the housekeeping yourself. So you okay. still have to start building out your team. Mm -hmm. um, but it's I've done it. So I know it's enough for you to be able to run 10 on your own. Um, but with anything, 
you want to do systems and procedures from the beginning. Right. So what kind of systems do you need? You need technology. So what kind of apps are you using to track your, your progress financially? What kind of apps are you using for, for, for there's apps, there's an app that we use called Turno. And Turno allows me to never have to contact my housekeepers and let them know that there's a, a, a cleaning that needs to be done. So this app, basically there's a host app mm -hmm. and then there's a housekeeper app. Mm -hmm. When there's a new booking, it automatically sends a message to the housekeeper. I never have to deal with housekeeping yep. and letting them know when they have to check out. And that was the biggest headache when I was doing them all on my own. Yeah. 10 Airbnbs, I was doing it on my own. I was doing all the messaging. I integrated this, this uh, app that allows for the communication with housekeepers to be done on its own. And I was like, 30% of my job is done. Oh Streamlined. my goodness, dude. And think about the amount, I mean, for you, obviously, the biggest asset you have at this point is your time. Correct. So think about the amount of time you saved. How much time do you think you saved overall, but just by having that one app? 30%. Damn, dude. Yeah, 30% of my job was taken out, is wiped yeah. out by this app. Amazing. And this app had existed before, but I just didn't, I wasn't proactively going out there and trying to get that information. Heck yeah, man. So to take this more in a direction of like, if you're someone that's looking to start on Airbnb, right? Where would you look? What, what types of properties would you look for to start out with that would make ideal Airbnb properties? Got it. So there's a few things with the Airbnb formula that I use. Mm -hmm. um, one of the main ones is influx of traffic. You wanna make sure that there's travel. Mm -hmm. You wanna make sure that there's convention centers, hospitals, just uh, colleges, mm -hmm. just enough reasons for people to come into town. Once you got that, then you understand demand. I never really focus on how many Airbnbs are in a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. It matters, but I know that with my level of detail, with my systems and procedures, with my formula, I'm able to be top 10% in that neighborhood. Heck yeah. So the first thing we're looking for is influx of traffic. Right, okay. So we've got traffic, and then as far as the property itself, what types of features are you looking for in a home when you're looking to buy that Airbnb property? That's a great question. That's two different scenarios. So like, am I owning the property or am I gonna arbitrage the property? Ooh, Those good are question. two different ways to yeah. look at it. Okay, so I guess to start out with, because some people may not really know the term arbitraging a property. So let's walk through, I guess, the different types of Airbnb, I guess, uh, users, right? So what, what are the different types? There's three different ways to do Airbnb. Mm -hmm. Number one, it's the lowest cost of entry. It's Airbnb management. Yeah. That means I contact you, you have an Airbnb or you have a property and mm -hmm. I tell you, hey, I'll manage this property for you. Mm -hmm. Companies charge 20 to 30%, I'll charge you 15% and then I'll go out there and show you what I do. I'll manage this property for you. Right. That's the first. Number two is arbitrage. Yep. So arbitrage is you own the property, you put it on the market to be rented mm -hmm. for $3,500. Nice. I call you and I say, hey, I'm gonna rent your property for $3,500, but I'm gonna do Airbnb. Do you agree? Yes, okay. I'll furnish it, I pay utilities, I put on Airbnb, let's just say I collect $10,000, mm -hmm. I keep the profit. Okay. That's the second lower cost of entry because I don't have to pay for the house, I don't have to, you know, I mean, you know how difficult it is to get down payment money and all that stuff. Right. So I don't have to do that on this, on this type of uh, product. Mm -hmm. The last that I use the most is owning the property and then doing the Airbnb on it. Okay, so, out of those three different ways of being someone that uses Airbnb to generate income, if there's someone starting out right now today, right, with not very much money, let's say you've got $5,000 in your bank mm -hmm. account, right? Which one would you recommend to start out with? 
I would recommend they start off with the hosting. Okay. Yeah. Hosting is a way for you to be able to learn the game, mm -hmm. bring people value. Because there's a lot of houses out there that are on, on Airbnb, mm -hmm. and they're just not living to their full potential. Right. Um, lost, a lot of these homeowners just worry about making mortgage, mm -hmm. um, and that's it. You know, it's their vacation home, and they don't really care to make mortgage, you know, or, or, or to make extra money on it. So I would focus on getting the knowledge yeah. and then going and offering your services. I have this thing called a tool belt. Okay. And I've used it to be able to maximize all of my relationships and to build new relationships. On the right side, I have my strengths. Mm -hmm. So what am I good at? On the left side, I have my goals. So whatever I'm good at, I use that to leverage against other people that have the opposite strength. Right. Right. So if they have, if I'm good at Airbnb and they have a home, a vacation home, I tell them I have, and then I have the, this thing where I proclaim it to everyone. So every conversation I have, I tell them, look, my strength is Airbnb. Mm -hmm. My strength is construction. My strength is design. And I have a goal of getting a hundred units. Yeah. That allows that conversation to start. Yeah. They're like, well, I got units. I just don't know anything about Airbnb. Yeah. And then the partnership is created. Right. So you're kind of understanding ahead of time what they can bring to the situation because Correct. you're already immediately showing what value you have. Correct. What value can they have that works in harmony with what you've got? Exactly. And then yeah. you have enough of those conversations and mm -hmm. you start meeting people that have the, the opposite strength as you, and then you can bring them a ton of value. The key there is to bring them a ton of value. Okay. So if you're just getting started, get the knowledge, yeah. then go tell everyone about your Airbnb goals. Mm -hmm. And then when you get that opportunity, make sure that you provide um, amazing service and amazing results. Mm -hmm. And then that spreads like wildfire. Yeah. So I guess someone starting out, hosting is essentially the management style, right? Whereby Correct. you're managing someone else's property and then receiving income off the top. Correct. Um, how would you suppose someone finds properties to manage or people that are willing to let them use their property as an Airbnb? Got it. So the tool belt, mm -hmm. you know, you go to, you have enough of those conversations, you'll find people. Mm -hmm. I liked prior relationship. I like right. it when it's organic. Mm -hmm. That's number one, the organic prior relationship by having a conversation with someone that is looking for your services. Mm -hmm. That's number one. The other one is to reach out to homeowners that are actually listing their property for rent. Huh. You use um, Zillow. You can use apartments.com. Any platform that allows homeowners to list their properties uh, for rent, right. you can cold call those those, those people because some of them have agents. Some of them are, are, are by owner. Um, you can have those conversations with people. Let them know what the results they can get. And you use you can understand what kind of income you can generate by using this other website called AirDNA. Right. AirDNA has a as a calculator that, uh, that, that shows you using um, uh, technology, what your income can possibly be based off of your location and your bed size and all that. Awesome. And then you put your margin on top, obviously, as someone's going to manage the home. Yeah. That's so cool, man. Yeah. Heck yeah. So obviously that's your kind of entry level into Airbnb, yeah. right? But where you are right now is you own, uh, what was it, 20 something? Yeah, 25. 25 Airbnb properties, Correct. which is incredible. Over the span of five years, I mean, that's unbelievable. From the perspective of someone that owns an Airbnb, obviously there are different things now to think about because obviously now you're owning the real estate. Why, in your opinion, is it better to own real estate and manage it as an Airbnb rather than just do the management route or go, go ahead and do that arbitrage route? Yeah, so there's different levels of real estate investing, right? In the beginning, when you're just getting started, um, management is, is the lowest cost of entry, right? Mm -hmm. And then you build up a little bit of cash. Let's just say you're managing mm -hmm. 10 properties. They bring in $5,000 a month. Mm -hmm. You're charging 15%. 
you're bringing in $6,500 a month. Right. Right. So that's $6,500 a month. You save enough of that. You can go do an arbitrage property. Mm -hmm. Now you're making the 15% plus you're making the profit on the property. Yep. You do that enough and then you build up to, let's just say $100,000 cash. Now with that $100,000 cash, you can go purchase a property, mm-hmm. understanding that this property that you're gonna buy, number one, most important, you're forcing the equity. So it needs to right. be, it has to have opportunity for value add. Mm-hmm. So you're either gonna use sweat equity, you're gonna buy really under market property that's tore up so that you can add value to it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna add a second unit, et cetera. And then you put that property on Airbnb. Right. Now you're using real estate investing strategies, mm-hmm. which have been here for ever. Mm-hmm. And now you're adding the, 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 the steroid version of, of, of uh, income, right. which is Airbnb. Of course, because it's short term, right? So you're earning, you're earning more than you would if it was a long term. Correct, rental. because long term income, I always think the formula is like long term income. Let's just say this property can be rented for 3000. Mm-hmm. It's at least two and a half times that. Okay. So if you're going to collect $3,000 a month on income, mm-hmm. you'll collect between six to $9,000 on Airbnb. Heck yeah, dude, that's awesome. But obviously the risk there is that you may not actually have, you know, 100% occupancy, right? When you're doing short term. So how do you, as an Airbnb, as, a, as someone that manages 55 Airbnbs, make sure that at least, you know, you're receiving a decent rate of occupancy across all of those Airbnbs? Yeah. Like what, what, what kind of tactics do you have? So that's the pricing and occupancy strategy. Okay. Um, it's, it's a game of balance. So you, wa- you don't really ever want to be at 100% occupancy mm-hmm. because that means you left a lot of m- uh, money on the table because you could have charged more. Right. Right. So you want to be at about 80% with most of your bookings coming from 30 days and beyond. Okay. So my strategy that I use is... People will pay for my property, let's just mm-hmm. say four bedroom in downtown LA, mm-hmm. $600 if they're booking today to stay here 30 days from now right. or 45 days from now. However, then if I have vacancy tomorrow, mm-hmm. somebody can fill that vacant date for $150 a night. Huh. They'll get the last minute discount. I have 55 properties. Right. If all of my, my listings are, are, are um, vacant on a Wednesday, on mm-hmm. a dead week, if I charge 150 times 55, that puts a dent in that in that monthly income. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's a cool strategy. Is that automated or is that something that you have to do when you're kind of overseeing everything? Mm, it's it's automated. Okay. If you get in the trenches with the with Price Labs, which is the pricing software that we use. Okay. And also Airbnb has different rule sets that you can apply. Nice. Um, it gets pretty complicated. Yeah. Um, but the main idea is that mm-hmm. the further out they book, the more they pay, mm-hmm. the closer to the check-in date, the cheaper. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like that's so practical, dude. I feel like so many people are going to take a lot of value out of that. Yeah. Um, something that I wanted to kind of take the conversation, or at least the direction I wanted to take the conversation in is something that we spoke about on the phone was that you had a real passion around helping people understand generational wealth. Correct. Because you know, we were talking and you have so many ways of helping people through Airbnb and, you know, understanding the processes and things like that. But the message that you really want to get across to a lot of people is how powerful generational wealth can be or how powerful, I guess, home ownership can be, uh, which is a message I'm always talking about on Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. So kind of talk me through your, your real obsession around generational wealth. Yeah. So there's two things that I'm really passionate about. Building generational wealth mm-hmm. for myself, for my daughters, for my family. That's my main focus. Mm-hmm. The second thing is showing people how I've done it. Because if I can show you how I've done it, you'll understand that it's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of hard work. 
takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of investing in yourself and investing in things that will maybe not give you immediate gratification. They right. call it delayed gratification. Mm -hmm. It's hard for a lot of people to do that. It was hard for me when I did it. Um, if I can see someone build 100 units, I know that I can do 10. Right. Right. Because I, I see it. And I, I know it's possible. Mm -hmm. So what I like to do is open up the doors of my company for people to come and understand this is how he's doing it. If he's doing it at 55 Airbnb level, there's a certain reason he's doing it that way. I can do it at the five Airbnb level. I right. can do it at the one Airbnb level, 10, 20. Um, and through that, and, then, and at the end of the day, it's generational wealth. Mm -hmm. It's very simple. You're breaking chains. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents came here as illegal immigrants. We started when, when I was born, we lived in a, we rented one bedroom in a house here uh, in LA. Mm -hmm. You don't get to go from that to generational wealth overnight. Yeah. Nobody's going to come hand you the, you know, the, the freedom stick. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work like that. You need to work your ass off for that. Yeah. And you only get that by making the right decisions. A lot of right decisions mm -hmm. add up to, a, a, you know, 55 Airbnbs, 25 properties and stuff yeah. like that. But these are things that take a lot of time. Right. Um, and breaking change is all it's about. I've done the, the, the hard work. Mm -hmm. I've done the 10 years of just every day, 12 hours. At the end of the, t uh, the 10 years, I was like, I've done a lot of work for people, but what do I own? Mm -hmm. I didn't own much. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know this, the appreciation on the property, that's where it's at. Right. The break, when they say real estate millionaires, 90% of millionaires are created in real estate. That's through appreciation. Yeah. You know, it's not because yeah. they got 55 Airbnbs. It's because they're owning things yeah. and they're not just doing, you know, passive income. Yeah. You know, they're, or active income. They're doing passive income mm -hmm. on, on ownership. Oh, 100 and, and, and on top of that i think what's so powerful about real estate is it's relatively safe leveraged appreciation mm. so you're putting let's say you're buying a five hundred thousand dollar home mm. you put twenty five thousand dollars down mm. let's say you're in california mm. average rate of appreciation historically is about five percent mm. so at the end of that first year of you owning the home i mean it may not be linear but on average you'd be making five percent each year in appreciation so that five hundred thousand dollar home that you bought on day one mm. is now worth five hundred twenty five thousand after year one Right. So you put twenty five thousand dollars in, you're getting twenty five thousand dollars out. You know, that's an, that's an awesome return. And that's just because of the idea of leverage on real estate, which a lot of people don't grasp. You know, they don't grasp it and they don't understand that the rest of the world doesn't work like this. Mm -hmm. You can't do that in Mexico. Right. You know, you can't put twenty five thousand dollars down on a five hundred thousand dollar property. No, they want that five hundred thousand dollars down mm -hmm. on that five hundred thousand dollars property. Yeah. So it's that's we're in the greatest country in the world because of that. Mm -hmm. You can leverage your money and be able to get a, a loan. Mm -hmm. At some point, we, we had a, what, 3% interest rate? Yeah. That's free money. Mm -hmm. Right now, people are like, oh, it's 7% interest rate. You don't invest into real estate. I'm like, 7% interest rate, I'm still giving them 25%, $25,000, and they're giving me a $500,000 product. Yeah. So where can you put $25,000 down? Mm -hmm. And that same year, get a, tw a $25,000 increase in value, yeah. right? In net, in net worth. Right. And you know what's really interesting too is that I feel like a lot of people are kind of more into that kind of stock game, right? Mm. They're trying to invest into other things that aren't real estate now because they don't want to be tied to owning a home. They don't want to have to deal with all the headache of owning a home, maintaining a home, things of that nature. But what a lot of people don't realize is when you're in stocks and something I really thought about at least, so when you're investing in the stock market, you have absolutely no control over what happens with that stock. 
right? You invest mm -hmm. in Tesla tomorrow, Elon Musk could go crazy and you know, smoke a blood on Joe Rogan and it's, it's <laughs> you know done. what I mean? Tank the stock. So yeah. you have you have absolutely zero control. But yeah. if you invest that same amount of money into real estate, not only are you getting leveraged appreciation, yeah. right? You're leveraging that and it's fairly safe in relation to the stock market. Yeah. But on top of that, you mentioned this before, you can force the equity, right? right? You can force appreciation on that home. So you can take that home. If you have an idea, okay, the comparable homes in the area are $600,000. The home I'm buying is $500,000. Mm. I know that my friend in construction can help me do X, Y, and Z mm. with 25K. Now we're going to bump that up to $600,000. You've immediately gained $75,000 in equity. Correct. Right? It's just, it's about understanding that like, there's an element of control in real estate, which if you're switched on, and you really care about the investments that you make, it's gonna give you so much more gratification because you have an element of control and power in that investment. You're not just leaving it up to someone else. You know what I mean? And that's a sense of responsibility that most people, they don't, they don't see the opportunity there. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, forced equity, right? You force equity. I force equity on every single one of my properties. Nice. And it's the burst strategy. Mm -hmm. The burst strategy allows you to use that $50,000 that you put down you force the equity. Yeah. When you refinance, what do you do? You take that fifty thousand dollars out. Yeah. You still own the property, and you go use that fifty thousand dollars again to buy another property. I love it, man. Where can you? Where else can you do that? I mean, I don't think Tesla's going to give that for me. Mm -hmm. I can't take fifty thousand dollars of stock in Tesla mm -hmm. and then refinance the stock and then take my fifty thousand dollars out. Yeah. And it still makes me money while I go use it for you know fifty thousand dollars stocks in, in Apple. Heck yeah, it's dude. Not, it's, you can't leverage like that in the but stock. I, I have nothing. I have nothing against Tesla. Oh, I have I nothing against Tesla, Tesla and Apple. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, dude. So walk me back through. So for anyone that's like brand new to the Burr method, mm. walk me through the Burr method as if I'm five. Okay. Burr method is simple. You buy a property that's under market, mm -hmm. under market value. Yeah. You add value to it. Mm -hmm. You remodel it. Yeah. You rent it. I rent it on Airbnb and then you refinance it. Cool. Take your money out and you do it again. Nice. Amazing. Simple terms. So when you're looking for a property to apply this method to, what properties are you looking at? What things are you looking at um, in order to pick a good property to, do, to use that burst strategy? Yeah. So again, those are two different methods, right? Mm -hmm. There's in real estate investing mm -hmm. uh, strategies and then there's Airbnb strategies. What I've done different is I combine the both. So now I'm looking at real estate investing strategies like, can I do the full burst? Mm -hmm. Can I add a second unit here? Can I force the equity on this property? And then I say, is this a good pro location to, to Airbnb? Do we have travel? Do we, how many bedrooms do we have? Mm -hmm. What is the market in this area? So by combining those two underwriting strategies, I'm able to say that's a good area. That's a good uh, forced equity um, opportunity. Mm -hmm. And then I take action on that. Nice. Heck yeah. And then, so your background is in construction. Correct. So I feel like you have such uh a unique ability compared to most people to be able to have a lot of confidence that you can do, you can make X, Y, and Z change to a property and you can force that equity, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people that aren't in construction are gonna be like, well, you know, I don't have that background. Mm -hmm. um, would you recommend for someone to still apply that strategy if they haven't got a construction background or how would you recommend they do it? Yeah, I think construction helps me um, save some money in construction when mm -hmm. I'm doing the remodel. Um, but it doesn't make or break a deal. Right. I would say 90% of investors don't know anything about construction. Mm -hmm. They just know how to find a good deal, add value to that deal, mm -hmm. and then refinance out and get their money out. Nice. Um, it's more about finding the deal, adding value, and then getting your money out so you can keep playing than it is about construction. 
Okay. The construction is one aspect um, of the like of of real estate investing. It's not mm -hmm. the whole pie. Right. That makes sense. So, I guess something that's in the news or something that we've seen recently is that Airbnb income has been slashed by fifty percent. People mm -hmm. that own Airbnbs are struggling right now. Things of that nature. Obviously, I feel like there probably isn't anyone better to speak to than you about yeah. this piece of news, right? So what's going on with that? Yeah, I've, I've got that question a lot. It's a, I think a piece of content went viral and, yeah. and everyone's like, oh my God, are your Airbnbs good? Are you, are you good? Like, the, that's really simple. Uh, the simplest way to explain this is that there's a 15% increase in demands for Airbnb. Okay. Right? But there's this pie. And in that pie... There's 40% more Airbnbs that are splitting the 15% increase and the current demand for Airbnbs. Okay. So the demand is there. Airbnbs are, you know, demand is going up, but there's just more supply. Okay. And that's an issue mm -hmm. for the ones that are not being intentional about their Airbnbs. Right. If you're not being intentional about being a good host, if you're not being intentional about providing a good product, then you're gonna have a problem because you're gonna be stuck in the lower end mm -hmm. of this. I haven't seen a decrease in demand. Mm -hmm. I've only seen an increase in demand for my units. Okay. But we have systems and procedures created that allow us to be top 10% in any neighborhood that we go into. Okay. So you're essentially saying that the demand has increased, but also the supply has increased at the same time. And the supply is outweighing the demand right now, which means that a lot of people that are on the lower end of Airbnb that don't have those strategies and tactics to get themselves onto the front page or the first page are struggling. However, those people that have those systems in place to make sure that they're on the first page or second page at least, or their Airbnbs are being viewed a lot, are actually benefiting more from this current market. Yeah. And it's even easier than ever now to go into the top 10% because mm -hmm. not a lot, a lot of people got stuck into these properties that they just, they bought for Airbnb. Right. They bought a business. They didn't buy an, a, a property. They didn't force the equity. They didn't mm -hmm. think about the real estate investing part. Mm -hmm. They said, I'm going to go into this neighborhood because everyone's, you know, doing it and I'm going to go buy a property and it's going to kill it. Yeah. That's the COVID era. Yep. You know, we call it the glory days. The glory days, everything was doing amazing. And now that the market has shifted, they're like, okay, how am I going to survive? Because you bought a business, you didn't buy a property right. where you added value. Right. And then you did, you know, the vesting, they, they forgot about the investing strategy. Mm -hmm. They focused only on the Airbnb strategy. Yeah. So being that the people on the first few pages or the people that have very successful Airbnbs are still doing very well. Um, a lot of people are going to ask the question, how do I get onto the first page of Airbnb? How do I rank well on Airbnb? Yeah. Right. Because if you're just starting, you have zero reviews you don't have, you know, a history of doing well. You don't have, you know, amazing photos, I'm assuming. There are a lot of people that are starting out just using their camera phones, things yeah. of that nature, I'm assuming. So what would be your top three tips for someone to rank higher on Airbnb? Let's say they want to get onto the first page. Number one, amenities. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you're using as many amenities that you can provide. Cool. So dryer, blow dryer, iron. Mm -hmm. If you can provide a jacuzzi, provide a jacuzzi because that gives you a lot of points. Um, Basically, Airbnb uses the amenities as a, as a point system for higher SEO rankings. Nice. <clears throat> Number two, add accent walls. Add accent walls to your properties because these accent walls are going to attract 
They're going to stop the scroll from when a, a user is looking at your property. Mm -hmm. Number three, take really good pictures of your property. Right. You need to take the best pictures because guests don't know what your property looks like. Okay. You might think you got the best Airbnb in town, but if you don't showcase that, there's no way for them to find out. Heck yeah. Lastly, make sure that you put a description on all of your pictures. All of your pictures should say king size bed, TV, whatever your value you're bringing to that guest, put that in the description because that's going to allow them to know something that might not be so obvious. So is that because maybe Airbnb like crawls through the words and can see like what you've written? Or is that just so that the person looking on Airbnb can see what it is that's on being described? Both. Okay. Yeah, it's Heck, SEO. Yeah. So Airbnb actually is able to look at words and look at what's value provided. They'll right. be able to you know see your description on your listing and, and, and things of that. Heck, um, yeah. But it's also a, a sales tactic mm -hmm. to showcase what i'm providing you yeah like you you let the guests know what i'm giving you i'm giving you a king-size bed with the luxury mattress with the tv with the jacuzzi like you let them know don't bank on them just seeing it in the pictures heck yeah dude yeah. so you do a lot of renovations on the properties that you buy and own and then put onto airbnb yeah as you mentioned so something that's really cool is i checked out um i checked out your airbnb mm -hmm. and it's branded really well Mm -hmm. um, I think you have some really cool, unique features. You've got the lemon thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Which so, is... my, so my last name is Limon, right? Uh -huh. Which is lemon. And um, we use that as much as possible. You know, all my um, houses either have a lemon tree nice. or they have a, ba a basket of lemons in the table. Uh -huh. um, um, we use the, the lemon thing is like refreshing. You know, people see lemons and like, you know, summer refresh. Um, so we like to incorporate the lemon thing in all of our Airbnbs. Heck yeah, dude. Dude, yeah. I like it. I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a unique piece of branding that makes you stand out. So like, aside from kind of the, that aspect of things, which is just the overall branding, adding the lemons is cool. It's a fun touch to it, yeah. which people can remember. Um, what things or what features do you tend to add to your properties when you're renovating them to make them stand out on Airbnb? When I'm re renovating the properties, I like to make sure that the interior and the exterior is harmonized. Okay. So, and this is, I learned this from design. It's the flow of the home. Um, a lot of times guests don't understand why they're having such a good time in the home, mm -hmm. why the experience just feels different. I use bifold doors, sliding doors that go from the inside of the home to the outside of the home very seamlessly. Mm -hmm. um, I like to make sure that my kitchen and my living room are one big space. Nice. It's got the open floor layout. Um, all of my bedrooms have to have a, uh, a bed with a TV. Mm -hmm. uh, bathrooms have to be bigger. So when I'm renovating, I opt for bigger bathrooms. Okay. I'll lose some closet space in order to have a bigger bathroom. Um, and then washer and dryers, I don't give them their own room. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I put them in the hallways. Sometimes I put them in the in the kitchen, actually. Right. Um, some of my my houses have kitchen and laundry just right next to it. Huh. Um, and it works great because I'm maximizing the, the footprint of the house. You've now built or you've built your business up to now operating 55 Airbnbs. So... For you, what's next? What, what's the next steps? You're going to be building on this to just, you know, accumulate more and more Airbnbs. Are you looking to diversify into something else? What are your goals? Yeah. So the goal is $150,000 cash flow every mm -hmm. single month. Okay. That's what I'm building up to. Um, I want to do it through forcing equity. Mm -hmm. I want to do it through owning property. And Airbnb is my, my exit, right? Air, Air, that's how I collect my income. Um, I'm building multifamily developments. Okay. So we have a 12 unit development in Toluca Lake here in, in, in LA. Um, we have a four unit 
coming up in another part of the city, a three unit in Inglewood close to SoFi. So the projects that I'm choosing now to do multifamily development on right. are Airbnb related. Hmm. So Toluca Lake, we have Universal Studios. Inglewood, we got SoFi. I have uh, two projects in Inglewood. So now I'm, I'm kind of growing the, 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 the scale of it, right? Mm-hmm. We started with hosting, then we did arbitrage, then we started owning single family homes, adding ADUs, which forced the equity. What's the next step for me? Multifamily developments at scale. 12 units here, four units here, six units here, all within areas that work for Airbnb. Yeah. So I'm thinking about my guests from the time I'm doing the architecture. Yeah. That's so interesting. So obviously you're looking to buy more and more real estate then, that's yeah. kind of the plan. So be totally honest with me, be genuinely, genuinely honest. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many people that kind of perpetrate this like message of like, or push this message of buy now, buy now, buy now, because there's an agenda of, you know, I'm a real estate agent, I'm a loan officer. If you buy now, I'm gonna get some commission yeah. and I'm, I can, you know, make some more money this month. Do you genuinely think right now, we're in July, 2023, interest rates are near 7%. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's still a decent time to buy a property if you're looking to buy it, hold on to it and maybe rent that out on Airbnb? Um, I do. Um, and that's what the burn method is for. Okay. Any market is good as long as you're buying at the right price. Okay. Right. So is it harder to find a deal? Yes. Can you find the deal? Yes. Because there's foreclosures, there's hoarders, there's properties that are just really beat up. Is there going to be tougher to add the value? Yeah. You're going to have to put more sweat equity into it. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to do you know more construction. You're going to have to add a second unit. The market shifts, but the formula is the same. The only thing that changes is in a good market, I could pay more for that property because my interest rate is lower. Yep. Now I could pay less for that property because my interest is higher, but the formula stays the same. Um, for real estate investing, it's always a good time to buy. Just understand what is the price that you're buying at. I feel like we've learned so much today. I feel like there's a lot of people that prior to tuning into this, I'm sure felt a little bit daunted about Airbnb, mm. but just to hear your story, dude, I mean, five years in 55 Airbnbs you're yeah. currently managing, you know, and all the new things that you're developing. I think that's really awesome. It's very practical. So you mentioned to me before this, that you've got more of like a training call whereby you're helping people learn how to do what it is you're doing, your strategies. Can you expand a little bit on that? Yeah. yeah. So my, my Airbnb uh, coaching program is called Airbnb Wealth Academy. Okay. Um, like I said earlier, like the way that I learn is by seeing other people do it. So I open up my business. I open up the doors of my company to my students and I show them what I'm doing um, at a arbitrage level, at a managing level and at a generational wealth building level, mm-hmm. which is my multifamily developments or the properties that I'm remodeling, um, adding ADUs on. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a weekly coaching call and that coaching call really allows them to ask me any questions that they have with Airbnb. Um, and then also I show them what's the next step for them. Nice. You know, like you have your, I always tell them the tool belt. What's your tool belt? What is, I help them understand their strengths. Mm-hmm. I help them be very clear with their goals because goals are kind of like a GPS, right? If you don't have a clear goal, how are you supposed to get there? You can't even reverse engineer that. Right. It's supposed to be create the goal that aligns with your strengths and then reverse engineer how to get there based mm-hmm. on where you're currently at. Because real estate investing will meet you wherever you're at, mm-hmm. right? So your level, your level of self-improvement is, is going to be based on your level of income, right? You have more, you're more self-realized, your income is going to rise. 
Right. Your Airbnbs are going to rise. Your, your, the way that you think and the way that you process these investments are going to be based off the, self, the level of self-improvement. That's awesome, man. So for anyone that wants to reach out to you, where can they find you? Yeah, I got my Instagram, uh, Gerardo Limon. Um, sh- shoot me a DM. And uh, we'll get the conversation going from there. Heck yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. This is episode number two. I feel like this has been a pretty, pretty awesome. decent value add for, for the people. So thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me, bro. This place is beautiful. And uh, I'm looking forward to building with you, man.